Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Amen. Today I'm going to continue my series of teachings on things pertaining to the kingdom. We are living in a prophetic time frame similar to what uh, Jesus did or lived in the 40 days before his ascension after the day of uh, the resurrection, the day of Passover. Uh, when he was crucified on Friday, he rose again on, on Sunday, which was first fruits. And then the next over 40 days, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, let's quickly turn there. We saw this last time, but let's quickly turn there. Acts chapter 1, and I believe it's in verse, uh, well, I'll get the verse in a minute, verse 3 or so. It says, Acts chapter 1, the Bible tells us, excuse me, Yes. <clears throat> yes. Verse 3. It says, To whom, this after he had been raised from the dead and after his sufferings, he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. I love that. You know, that's why these men, we owe them a debt of gratitude. Paul, Peter, James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they, they'd recorded everything. You know, so we, we have, even though it's 2,000 years later, we have no doubt. And then we see the evidence of it, the supernatural evidence in our own hearts and in our own lives. He said, by being seen of them 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he spent those 40 days preparing them for the uh, imminent outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was going to take place on the day of Pentecost. We're in a similar time frame now, which is typified by the flood of Noah. When the flood started, the Bible says the fountains of the deep were broken up, which is a type of our interceding and praying in the spirit with tongues and, and, and travail. Uh, the Bible says deep calls unto deep are the noise of the water spout. And the heavens were also opened. The Bible says the rain came. Then it rained, the Bible says, for 40 days, similar to the 40 days of Jesus in the wilderness, until all the hills were covered. In the case of Jesus, until he had overcome the lust of the flesh, the lust, he had been tested. At the end of the 40 days, he overcame the lust of the, the temptation of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He, he never had any lust, but he, the temptation to it, he overcame the temptation of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Then when that was, it was only when that was over, very, very significant, that he returned in the power of the Spirit. He had, he had already got the, the Spirit without measure on the day John baptized him. But there was no manifestation until after the 40 days, during which he prayed, he fasted, and he was tested, and he, he overcame all the temptations. Then, and only then, did he return in the power of the Spirit? And we're in a similar time of time now where the, uh, the, the flood of glory is being poured out in the earth. And the Lord has instructed me that in this time frame, 
I should, like the Lord Jesus did for the apostles, uh, begin to teach on the things pertaining to the kingdom. We've taught these things before over the years, but there is a, a prophetic uh, uh, um, fulfillment, a present prophetic fulfillment of these things at this time and an urgency in the spirit. Earlier on, you know, my wife were talking, whispering to me down there, you know, it says something, God says, God told us something is coming. And indeed it is. And indeed it is. And when I finished ministering during the Bible study this morning, he said, tell them. You know, he spoke in a quite of a, uh, I wouldn't call it harsh, but very authoritative. He said, tell them I'm going to have a perfect church. It's like a declaration to us that make up your mind whether you're going to be part of it or not. But I'm going to have one. And I was telling my wife, you know, Zechariah, I taught this because I be, it's like a series. I, I, I taught on the flood of glory, you know. Then I taught on the ark, you know, the, uh, the uh, present day spiritual ark of Noah. In that day was a physical ark. Today it's a spiritual ark made up of 300 of the very best, the very best. Of, uh, of, of, of God's people that have a degree of honesty of heart, you know, that is very high, you know, close to a hundred, and that don't break rank. And they're characterized by these four things. One, they have made, they make a daily decision, a daily decision to walk in the love of God as uh, revealed in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's a determination, it's a decision. Then that decision is now backed, you know, by the confession of God's word. And then from there, they pray the, the Pauline prayers for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, spiritual understanding. And, and this is so critical because you see, like the revelation of the love of God that God gave me, you know, which by the grace and the mercy of God is a very comprehensive, like I said over the years, is the greatest thing God has ever taught me. You know, what is love? Love is discerning by the wisdom that comes from God's word. You know, then feeling by the compassion that comes from the fruit of the spirit. And then doing by the power that comes from the life of God. What God would do in every circumstance and situation. Because it is God that defines love. It is not love that defines God. Sadly, you know, the world has their own definitions of love. But the Bible tells us what it is. And it's actually the characteristics, or, you know, the, the, the characteristics of God. God's character. And that's why you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 8, you find a description of, you know, all the nine fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and, and this came by revelation some time ago when I was preaching and teaching. You know, what you see in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, is the nouns. That is, it just tells you what it is. But what you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 8 is the verb. What it does, how it operates in action. It endures long, it's patient and kind. It's never envious. It's not boastful of English. It's not rude. It's not unmannerly. You know, and so on and so forth. You know, and you, you, you need to make that decision 
you know, to, to practice that thing. I discovered in my experience that it's not just enough just to mentally agree and say, okay, I'll walk in love. You have to make that determination. My wife was t- teaching from the book of Jude today and they gave this four-point thing. And the first one is fight with everything you have. But how do you do that? That decision, that determination that I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to behave like God. But the decision alone is not enough. It has to be now backed, you know, with, with, with prayer. And these uh, Pauline prayers are very important because without them, you won't have the wisdom to be able to walk in love. You see, love is not just an emotion. It's wisdom. It's, it's firstly wisdom. That's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that wisdom is the principal thing. Another way of saying is that wisdom is the most important thing. It's, it's like I use this illustration over the years. You know, when you, when you see a train, the, 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 the first uh, um, engine, the first part of the train is the engine. Then all the other parts, all the other carriages are hooked to the engine. So it's the engine that takes the train where it's going. All the other things just follow where the engine is going. That engine is wisdom. Then the next part of the car is compassion. Then the next part of the car is power. That's how the love of God operates, you know. And uh, that's why the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, in verse 5, it says, Whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God. You cannot perfect love of God if you don't know the word of God. Let's put it better, you know. The more of the word of God you know, the more of the wisdom that the Holy Spirit can give you to walk in love. Because you'll be thinking like God. You'll be acting like God would act in that situation. That's why God gave us this wonderful Bible. And we now see how God reacts to men. We see how he behaves. We see what he says. Then we begin to have the same character, the same attitude, you know, towards men just like God does. And that's exactly what he told us to do. He said, you know, love one another as I have loved you. The Old Testament said, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. But the New Testament takes it a notch higher as I have loved you. And that's why you can't do it without the life of God. You can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. It cannot, it's not natural human love. Because natural human love will, will crumble under pressure. You know, if it is hurt emotionally, it will not act in love. If it, you know, but this love of Christ, you know, uh, like one of the prayers, these Pauline prayers, you, you know, says that the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. What does that mean? We seek Jesus operate this. Look at him loving that woman, you know, showing love to that woman, the Samaritan woman, who was a, a, a five-time divorcee and was presently living in adultery. But in spite of that, Jesus showed her love and was able to save her. And that's where the divine love is super, it, it goes over your emotions. It goes over your hurts. It goes over your feelings. And you begin to treat that person like God will treat them in spite of the fact that you know what their weaknesses are. You know what their infirmities are. You know what their, 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 their shortcomings are. And in many cases, by the grace of God, by doing that, that love of God can change them, you know, and save them. Because they know they don't deserve it. But they know you're still kind of just like God, you know. So, play the Pauline prayers. And then you pray in the Spirit. See, the life of God, which comes through the Pauline prayers. Pauline prayers are just specialized life scriptures, really. 
Because every time you're praying for wisdom and revelation and light, and light comes from life. So whenever you're praying that, you're actually praying for life and light. You know, it helps you to, it gives you the fuel. That's what makes the praying in tongues effective. I said this during the Bible study and I'm going to repeat it. You know, one of the reasons why, in spite of the, the Pentecostal church, um, you know, primarily, the charismatic word of faith, kingdom, all baptizing Holy Spirit, you find out people praying tongues, but you don't see much love in their lives. Why? Because the praying in tongues is fueled by the life of God and the motivation is the determination to walk in love. If the determination to walk in love is not in the heart and the fuel of the life of God is not there, the praying in tongues will not be very effective. And Paul tells us, I said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, if I don't have love, it doesn't profit me anything. And that's, that's, why, it, that's why there's an order. The determination to walk in love. Then you start you know, saying it and all of that. But that's not enough. Then the praying for the Pauline prayers. Because without it, the, one, of, one of the Pauline prayers that I really love, all of them are wonderful. I pray all of them every day. You know, it's the one in Philippians. He said, that my love may abound more and more in all judgment. You know, it, 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 that means discernment. You, you can't love, you know, blindly. You have to be able to see things the way God sees them. I'm just reminded of something, you know. The Holy Spirit has a way of reminding me of these things. You know, he, he said, look at what Elisha did to the Syrian army. They came to kill him. They came to kill him. They came to arrest him and kill him. God gave him power. What did he do? He smote them with a temporary blindness. It was temporary. Then Ahab surrounded that army and he said, My father, shall I smite them? Which is the natural thing to do. Even today, the New Testament, majority of us will fail that test. They say, ah, God has captured them for us. Let's kill them. But he didn't do that. He said, Give them food. Give them water. The Bible says, if your enemy is thirsty. Elijah was operating New Testament in the Old Testament. He said, if, you're, if, you say, if he's thirsty, he said, give him water to drink. If he's hungry, give him food to eat. You know what the Bible says? I'm, I'm sure those soldiers were, they were amazed. They were blind. They couldn't fight. You know, they couldn't defend themselves. They were expected to be killed at any time. And all of a sudden, they started sending them food. Then the blindness was removed by the prophet. They ate. They were fine. Nobody had to tell them what to do. They went straight back to Syria. And the Bible says that they did not come again. Elisha did not die by the Syrians capturing him. Even though the king knew that it was Elisha who was revealing his secrets. What am I saying? It took the wisdom of God for Elisha to know how to treat those men, those Syrian soldiers, you know, uh, who they, they brought to arrest him. It took the wisdom of God to walk in love. And situations change. The situation of today will not be the situation of tomorrow. The situation of the morning will not be of the afternoon. How do I behave in this situation? 
You have to have the wisdom of God, the word of God inside you. The Holy Spirit will now say, do this. Act like this. Say this. Don't do that. But without the wisdom of God and the word of God, you will not be able to walk it up. You know, and then you pray a lot in the spirit and then you read your Bible. The Bible is the, is the, is the information bank. So the more word you put inside and you have in your mind and you have in your memory, it is from that storehouse the Holy Spirit will draw. It says, I'll put you into remembrance. So he is, but, if you, but if you don't read your Bible every day, it will not be fresh. So when you read your Bible, you know, and it accumulates over the years. You know, there are so many scriptures now. I know I may not even be able to tell you the chapter and verse, but I know it. I know it and I say, yes. And, and I know the spirit behind it. I know the context in which it was written. I know how it was applied. So I'll be able to tell you somebody is wrongly dividing the word or rightly dividing it because the scalpel, the knife, you know, in, 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 in medicine, you have, if you have a, a skilled surgeon, he will take the knife or the, the scalpel and he knows exactly where the muscles are. He knows where not to cut a vein. He knows where not to cut, you know, uh, a, a, an essential organ like the heart or the kidney or the liver when they open you up. A person who's not trained. They call them butchers. He would all open the thing. Before you know it, he has cut the guy's liver. <laughs> he doesn't even know that that's the liver. Before you know it, he has, he has, he has, he has, he has desecrated the pancreas. And instead of healing the man, he killed him. But a skilled surgeon who cares for the life of the patient, he would take that same knife, but he knows where to cut. The word of God is like a sword. You have to know exactly where to put it so that you don't kill the patient. So it is only when you rightly divide the word of God, you can walk in love. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody. And then, you know, uh, so it is the best 300 on the earth that God has used. Some of them I believe are here and I believe there are some in other places. Like I said when I was preaching on this thing, you know, this is bigger than scripture pasture. It's bigger than Kenneth Hagin. It's bigger than Kenneth Copeland. It's bigger than Redeemed Church. It's bigger. It's the body of Christ. God is dealing with the universal church and he's selecting or has selected actually, you know, but these four characteristics must be there. Love, the decision to make walk in love every day based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's why it's given to us. This is how love is. You know, then with that, you pray the Pauline prayers to get wisdom and revelation, you know, to be able to walk in love. Then you pray locked in tongues and then you uh, read your Bible. So, this ark is already completed. The rain has actually started. And if you're sensitive to the Spirit, that's what my wife said to me. She said, God speaking to me, say something's coming. You can sense it in the Spirit. It's raining spiritually. The flood and the ark is going up. So in this 40 day uh, uh, period of time, this, we are teaching the things concerning the kingdom and in my last lesson uh, my last message 
I told you what the kingdom is. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's crucial. You see, Paul, again, you know, he's our, he's our prototype. You know, we've said this many times over the years. Jesus is the pattern son, but Paul is the pattern disciple. By looking at Paul, you know, and John, really it's Paul and John, you know, you can see how to go into perfection. I was sharing with all, you know, where we went because we traveled together. You know, Pastor Wigan and Pastor Andrew went to Calabar for Pastor Frank's birthday. And I was sharing them the car. You know, you, can't, you cannot get the instructions of perfection without John. Even when you read Paul and you see all the things Paul has written, he tells you about it. He tells you that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith and all that. But it is John that breaks it down. And tells you how to perfect the love of God. You need all these, all, 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 all these things. And so, uh, Paul tells us, he said, this is, the kingdom is not meat and drink. It is righteousness, meaning right doing, with the foundation of right standing, peace and joy. Which simply is, you know what he just said? The kingdom of God is love. He just said it in another way. That's why you have the spirit of the word. I know the letter is righteousness, peace, and joy. But what is righteousness? He's always doing what is right. But what does love do? The Bible says love does no ill towards his neighbor. What's joy? What peace? They're just parts of the fruit of the spirit. So if you're going to summarize what Paul said, he said, the kingdom of God, let me paraphrase it, but it is an accurate paraphrase based on the revelation and the truth of the entire scripture. The whole counsel of God. And this is it. It is the total dominion of the love of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is. And it is these things concerning the kingdom. That um, we are teaching about. I don't know how many weeks I'm going to take on this. But I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit pace me. And we also mentioned last week. You know. That the, the purpose of the kingdom. Is so that the will of God can be made manifest. Jesus taught us in that simple prayer he gave us in what we call the Lord's Prayer, knowing that later on he was going to send Paul and others to flesh it out. So all the Pauline prayers, we're going to start looking at them, you know, in this series of teachings. You find that they're actually an expansion of that simple statement, thy kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we showed you that that earth is your physical body, your mind, your environment, your nation. So it's not just it's it's not just the general earth. It is, but it contains. It's pregnant. That's the thing about Revelation. He, he said on earth, but what is the earth? Your physical body. Your there's dust in your soul. He said so that my soul will not cleave unto death. Psalm one nineteen verse twenty five. You know then your environment. You know, and then, you know, your nation. You know, when Brother Williams, Pastor Williams was leading um, the uh, prayers for Nigeria today, I was, telling my, I was telling my wife, I said, you only have to look at Sudan to know that God has answered our prayers. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Wani, the Yoruba say, Entoba monuro amokweda. Let's rig it. You know, this happened in the elections. They did this. I know. But look at how God arrested it.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.